African creatives are finding their voice and asserting their agency through this new digital, connected and virtual world. Their work and expressions are reaching across all divides as they interrogate the past and reimagine what it means to be an African today. Join me, Jerry Wangari, as I engage these creatives, thinkers, makers and builders for candid conversations on how they are weaving their own thread in this new Africa. Welcome to the Kenyan Poet Podcast. Hakuna kenyu last forever ta Sunday best geukadasta na slave geukamaster ingia kwa makanisa wone vile spaghetti zinachanganya mapasta na reverend na priest kwa mass on occupy space na mass so mtu say could treat like you don't matter when you matter hata kama ulizaliwa kwa gata alikuambia man shall not live on bread alone kama li provide mkate hawezi kushinda na peanut butter uko destined for greatness na mtu aswe change your mind atawaka threaten kukupeleka kenyata kwa binadamu kafara hasira hasara demo na kulandimu demo vitu zinazidi kuwa acidic binadamu maasidi utasikiona semona kuombia kwa mola ukichunguza vizuri unapata ni mola za dento great um thank you so much teardrops and and welcome to the Kenyan Poet podcast welcome our listeners our viewers to the third episode of the Kenyan Poet podcast i am your host Jerry Wangari Now this uh, episode and this uh, second season of the Kenyan Poet podcast has been made possible by Unique Kenya and today's guest is Teardrops. Yes. Sir. Um welcome to the show. Asante sana. Na najua nakukaribisha mara ya pili. Manzi mara ya kwanza ilikuwa ni many years ago. 10 years ago. 10 years ago. Imagine. Life ni ndasana. Ilikuwa na niko kwa kwa room flani kwa uruma. <laughs> na, na dream about blender tour dunia blender tembea blender perform kwa stages kubwa kubwa yeah nilikuwa hapo nilikuwa na dream na sa- that time uh, ilikuwa 2011 yeah. ndio naanza ilianza 2010 2010 after post election mhm 2009 ndo nikaingia Nairobi nilikuja Nairobi 20 something up because after post election nilipata nikiwa na grandma wangu then nikakam Nairobi after post election two years later nikaanza ku pick up from there nikaanza na ku act nikaanza na stage performances then nika pick up na poetry then to commit up na kenda kenet be then tukapatana nyinyi kwa open mic and then kenet be lenda wapi yuko bado but performance ni kama ana perform but pia na organize events for our young upcoming artists ameshikilia bado route venye alikuwa ameshikilia first that's good to hear uh in case you haven't you are wondering what we're talking about um go to i think the episode 4 season 1 that is when i first featured uh, teardrops uh that was in 2011 get to listen and then you will once you listen to this then you will see the transformation that has happened <laughs> so and i'm really excited to have you back nilikuwa nasema lazima ni ku invite on to season 2 nimeko ni hassle kupatana kukupata boss kitamu nilikuwa na time sana kitamu nilikuwa na time sana nilikuwa wa kila interview kila mahali kuchimarket sikizi ya nini ko na job mob sana kuliko 
mm-hmm. interview but na manisha ni poor vitu zimechange around dimension zimechange na kila direction pia ni different yeah, yeah. and yeah. that's a good thing cuz ulikuwa uh, naniambia and uh, you know we'll start with this what has your experience been like in a pandemic because wasani wasani wameumia the creative economy not just in Kenya but all over the world creatives and artists musicians this pandemic has been the worst because a lot of them have been re- were relying on performances and and shows and that has not been happening so what has been your experience been like my life has been a pandemic until the pandemic <laughs> happened so i nilikuwa nishala ni navigate through the pandemic nilikuwa nishala ni navigate my own ways nijua nilikuwa nisha create my path to survival nilikuwa najua this is how i make my daily living this is how i do this how this is nilikuwa nisha create your path so when the pandemic came already my path i quite interfered with because my path was totally different from everybody's path so when everybody was coming back to see how things na happen how can we survive in the pandemic i've been in the pandemic i'm a survivor and i know how to navigate mm-hmm. so during the pandemic i was with working with god and i was working with the people who were with me when my life was a pandemic mm-hmm. and we are growing together now yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, if you could uh, expand a bit when you say your life has been a pandemic and some of the things that you know wasani wengi they had not discovered um, you know doing gigs online and 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 getting people to pay for virtual gigs in which ways will you prepare honestly uh mean spoken word artist my actually i'm the most non spoken word artist in kenya maybe eastern africa pia because ni kenya tanzania ni kenya juba get the same response na get up mm-hmm. it was hard because our poetry as it is kwa kwa tv kwa radio like any other there's no program you find this is a program of poetry atutajua kuna poet wa Kenya wanaka hivi huyu nani anakonga poet nowhere but utajua musician utajua hata macrobat wizi jua utajua musician actually ni musician na politicians wanajulikana kwa country there's a poet na macrobat wako category moja wako category moja huko hivyo kukula moto so um unapata ni hustle ni hustle sana especially kwa wasi wenyewe mko na product na ni ngumu kuisell unaona So for me nimekuwa nikishigi maisha yangu nikisell poetry nikisell product na get mm-hmm. so kwa wale nilikuwa na sell product walikuwa already washajui product na kaji walikuwa shay consume mm-hmm. ikakuwa okay this is a, this is our lifestyle before tuanze show zetu lazima tukuwe na poet hiyo ni culture nilicreate na tulicreate mm-hmm. yeah. yeah before anze show kuna mashows zenyewe hakuna vile mta kuna vile mtatumia song ya song flani Uh, maybe let me tell you a story the day of the girl child akuna vile mtachukua tu song fly na kaida ina kaida violent ama na kaida kaza zile zenye wanajua hizo songs mtumie kama for the campaign so mnajua these are serious issues and we need someone to talk about serious issues na as much as ni kutakuwa na education lazima kutakuwa na entertaining wakachikia this is a nice slot for the poets those are slots zenye tulijenga so hizi slots ziko and then you realize oh kuna conferences kwizi nafanyika kwa zoom zoom 
um what has you know have, were you affected like um because for most creatives myself included when the pandemic started um i struggled i had a serious writers block because you for me to think and and be creative i need to be out there yeah and now you're confined and that has been the experience for a lot of uh, creatives not just not just poets but even musicians yeah. or anyone else who's uh, you know who's a creative mm-hmm. that confinement because we we you know um creatives and confinement ni kama maji na eh na mafuta they don't they don't get along mm-hmm. so what, what, what is that something that you struggle with or um, you know for you it was it was easy uh me for, for me ni get writers block i know najua gani get writers block i know my body uh-huh. how does it how does it manifest itself uh one your creative juice dies and not, there's nothing interesting about everything mm. and you realize uh, i have a problem if there's a sense of humor you don't like laugh about it you realize there's a problem mm. yeah. so i know my body in a way that um if uh i am depressed if i am sick i know my body and i know I, this is what i need for my body mm. because my your body speaks to you in so many ways that you have to yeah. learn to listen to it so when i'm my creative juice dies i know what to do and it has been happening and happening and i realize okay my mm-hmm. body needs this when nicolaides block sometimes mm-hmm. let's assume you are commissioned to a job by some huge organizations mm. no inspiration haiko and there's no inspiration <laughs> You have to inspire inspiration because you need money. <laughs> so how do you inspire inspiration? You just go look for it somewhere else where you can get it. Uh-huh. Yeah, because this this means money is going go again. And I've realized when you push your mind to the limits, your mind comes up with creative ideas mm-hmm. and it's like, yo. Yeah. Did you have to go this far? Yeah. Most of the masterpieces that I've written were those were written when I had pushed my mind to the limits. And that is even when you don't feel like writing. When I don't feel like writing I'm like yo we have to finish job we have so when you think about something every time and every day for like if you start thinking about you started thinking about this podcast before you we had to put yeah, this been planning and, and it has been 10 been... years the reason that it's been 10 years is because you, you, you're like okay this thing is happening this this what you're doing 10 years ago but before anybody else were doing else And they were like what is this? I don't like this online stuff but now it's the is the thing. That's true and you it's see? very interesting and we haven't talked about that. Yeah. How come nilikwambia tu i'm recording a podcast because then people are like what, what the hell is a podcast because we didn't have examples of that of all, we didn't have but an example you came so you we, came through and 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 we recorded and that we was were living in the future and that's the oh, thing that, that was amazing we were living in the future we were living now mm-hmm. and now everything that we did all that time and that's why my poetry right now is more relevant because there was an energy going down all that time 2001 2009 and 2011 all this in spectrum yeah. to your life and down here 2021 mm-hmm. me and you again yeah talking about poetry you're going to yes, ask me what's my 10 years ago groundwork. plan maybe you can yeah. meet up to 10 years ago 10 10 years after 10 years again then we t- talk about poetry That's who true. knows i'll be talking about my family who knows my poem i'll be see mm-hmm. so yeah. with the writing it's like that you push your mind to the level that uh, you, you can never imagine and that's why people come up, oh that is crazy oh that is sick oh it's not sick it's new it's magic <laughs> it's new that's see, true yeah so for me it's now I, i don't believe in impossible i believe mm. if i if i if i have to study something maybe for for years I'll be a master at at it mm-hmm. and I've been mm-hmm. blundering for a lot of time I've been doing mistakes and from all my mistakes I've been learning mm-hmm. I've learned a lot of ways of not making a mistake mm. but now I'm yeah. in my way to know that 
when I have to write, it comes deep in me. So whatever I write, people believe in it and they've been believing in it. So it's just giving words life sometimes. Mm. That's the only inspiration. Yeah. yeah. Let's let's talk about your creative, uh, your creating and writing process. Yeah. What is that like? Um, how do you um, decide, I am going to write about... Um, women because i know you're very passionate about uh, writing on on women and Gender, uh, yeah. women women's uh, rights and yeah. girls yeah. i know you love talking about the realities the social economic yeah. um status and that divide where we have people who are extremely rich and at the same time we have people who are extremely poor how do you come about those subjects and and deciding what how how does that work for you it's just a situation mm. I'm a, i come from a middle class family I was raised up in a middle-class family. Mm -hmm. I've been seeing things that are, for deep down in my heart, I wanted them to change. How things are handled. Yeah. And sometimes the, um, I'm, the one, I'm the one facing these things. Get it? Mm -hmm. So some, most of the things I, I write about them, they affect me personally. Because uh, yeah, I was going to ask. Yes, I have. Uh, if there's poetry <laughs> that is you know, deeply personal, yeah. Um, because um, I think as, uh, you know, speaking also as, as a poet, um, that is the whole essence of poetry, that yeah. it's deep feelings, whether it is your own experiences that you've gone through mm -hmm. or you have witnessed that really struck uh, a nerve with you. So for you, you're saying that there's also that element of personal things that you've gone through. Yeah, just to let them go. Sometimes yeah. I, I write things to let go of what is in me. Wow. But yes. when I have write down, I've write it down. Sometimes I don't let it go; it stays with me, and that is poetry. Mm. And I feel like I had anger, I had uh, all these frustrations, and I put it down on a piece of paper. So sometimes what we have, we think it's negative energy, it's positive energy. Somebody wanna hear that. Someone get healed out of that. Someone could be going through that. Someone is going through that, and that's why someone says well, words bring healing. It's just putting faith into action. See. Mm. When someone, someone um, in the Bible, uh, Jesus said, someone touched me and got healed. Uh, when he went to thank Jesus, he just said, your faith has healed you, which means we have powers inside us. Yeah, which, it we, was don't, the faith, which yeah, we don't realize. Yes. So wow. sometimes when we write, and sometimes my inspiration, when they come, they come. It's like, uh, the, sometimes back I used to be so, so frustrated when people would take away my poems and my poetry, and they will turn them into something else, and they will make them theirs, and I would be like, God, that's my piece, man. It's yeah. in that song. That is, that is a piece mm. of me. Nowadays, I'm not. I'm happy because <laughs> the people are looking up You've to me. You've impacted someone's I've not, life. Not, like, they can, they've, they've come to a level where they can take my words and put them into a piece of music. Oh, that's my thinking. That's mm -hmm. my thinking doing rounds in the world. I'm and not jealous. Minds, yeah. I'm just happy and I'm cheering. Wow. You see? Wow. And that takes a lot of growth Mastering. for you to come from a place where you become very possessive because as creatives, we become very possessive of the things that we create yes. to you letting it Go. out there and just to, for it to find a life of its own. All the ideas that I have in my mind are not the ideas that I had in my mind back then. Back mm. then I had three poems. I used to write three poems or four poems per year. Nowadays, I write poems anytime I want. And it's, nice. it, I don't have to go and research it. Mm -hmm. It's right see? there. It's just right there. Mm. Because I, I decided to let go of everybody that 
took all the lines that I feel were so, this is the greatest line I've ever written, this is the greatest poem I've ever written. Then God is like, oh, relax, let me show you the, some of the greatest poem, some uh-huh. of the greatest poetry. Mm-hmm. So when I learned to let go, everything just started coming in. Yeah, yeah. Coming and I was, in. And I was, I, was reading, I was reading somewhere that you're a huge fan of Maya Angelou. And, <laughs> and, and, and that made me smile because yeah. um, as I was starting in my poetry journey, I, I loved, I read everything that I could find about my Angelo. And if you look at my very fast pieces, they really sounded like hers because I was like, she's written about phenomenal woman. I need yeah. to write about a phenomenal woman. Yeah. And she really greatly inspired me. What are some of the things about her writing and her life that really resonated with you? Not really her writings, but her life. She had a really... She had a stand in her life. Yes. She knew what she wants in her life. Mm-hmm. I want Despite my daughter to be like her. Through, I want to yeah? be like her. Mm. See, there are so many people that I admire in the world because of not only... Because of the simple things that they did. Not only... Uh, people will never be remembered of, uh, with how they were, but what they said. Mm-hmm. So that tells you sometimes your words have more value than money. Mm-hmm. You'll get so many people who are quoted in the world. Maybe they never had money. They were fighting for a cause. But you've seen so many billionaires dying. But you'll never see. They'll see the value of the money they had. But they'll come another billionaire after that. It's true. So it's what you do into the people's lives, not what you have in your life. Mm-hmm. And I'll quote a, um, a line or two from Maya Angelou, yeah. uh, where she says, I can't remember one, the, the poem, but um, the poem goes, people might forget what you said, mm-hmm. people might forget what you did, mm-hmm. but they will never forget how you made them feel. Yes. Uh, so I, it's I, just I, a I moment. Find... Those people live the moment. Life is a moment. Live it. Enjoy it. You have friends. Go and hang out. Tomorrow you'll grow old, you'll have children, they'll be playing around <laughs> you, your grandchildren. Will be, and things will that change. is life. And then you, one day the angels will come and pick you up and you'll go. That is life. You have to that learn with it and you have to learn to live with the people. Mm-hmm. And when you learn to live with the people, there's peace in you. Yeah. And that I'm at peace because of simple things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I know um, some of the things, that sense of community and that, you know, that element of being in the now mm-hmm. and that sense of community that um, has been the lifeblood of poetry, mm-hmm. the pandemic has affected that. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the things that, um, you know, uh, that you've, you've been craving with, uh, with the pandemic and the changes that it has brought in, uh, in, in, in your life? Well, uh, the pandemic is here to stay first. Um, the economy mm-hmm. will change. Doggo, not only for people, but for yes, for for everybody that uh, everybody will be affected in one way or the other, mm-hmm. either creative or non-creatives. Yeah. Uh, for us, it's survival. It's survival because I've seen I've seen friends, family going through a lot during the pandemic. You know. And uh, it's affecting me personally. When uh, mm. the society is not leveled. Yeah. You are there and someone is down here and you all have to be here. Some, the person who has to be there has to go down. Cindy. Mm-hmm. 
So, and that's why I'm, I started the mentorship for poets and all that, because at some point, uh, people want to be poets, people want to be whatever they want to be, but are they in any situation to be in a way by they can change their mind to be something else? Mm. Like right now, there's pandemic. Yeah. Things are changing. They even people are not going to school. Things are not being done the way they used to be done. Yes. Are you still? Do you want to stick to your old ways, or you do want to change to this? That's what yeah. this pandemic is teaching all of us right now. And uh, you've talked about mentorship, and I'd like uh, uh, you know I'd, uh, that's something that I really f- I found really fascinating about mm. what you're doing because apart from you just. Um, being very good at what you do, being able to get uh, lots of gigs, and we'll talk about your recent experience. You have started mentorship and training young, um, you know, uh, aspiring poets to actually learn this craft and, uh, you know, just uh, pick in, the, in, in your footsteps. Um, tell us about that. Yeah, um, I, have, I have a couple of poets. Actually, there are many, mm-hmm. like 20 of them. Okay. But say, that's normally, a uh, yeah, that's a big number, I know. And it's a big responsibility. Uh, the reason why I did this is because simply because I, I felt like as poetry is kidogo dying, one. And secondly, poetry is taking a, a shape that I feel like I started, but I didn't give mentorship. And people are misusing it. Uh, would you would you uh, so there was a way there was a way I write. I write my, my metaphors, my humor, and people don't understand it. They just put it together just because they're putting it together. It's a style that they've the seen. The style it, that they've seen growing and I all mean, that. I because they, they see you on Churchill Live. The thing, and yeah. so, so I feel like you know. they're misusing, the, uh, they're misusing <laughs> the, the whatever we created. Mm-hmm. It was magic if it can be taught well. So I, I took this responsibility on me. Because this is a culture that is coming and people are imitating poets and that. It's, mm. people, it's there. People are talking about it. Before we were telling people about it. Mm. Yes. <laughs> you see what has changed? And now they know. Yes, now yes. they know about oh, it. I remember there's a time people would be like, eh? yeah, you, you are a poet. A poet like, um, because then around our, our, our time, yeah. the only poet that was known was Caroline Deritu. Yes. Do you, rem- do you remember her? Yeah. <laughs> so the time that we were starting out, um, so people will be like, are you like Caroline Derito? And I'm like, uh, because, you know, everyone has their own style. And, and when you find your voice and when you find your own style, mm-hmm. then you do not want to be called the, uh, I don't know which, which uh, poet that I can use from, that is very well known in the international space. And you're being called like, let's say, the George, the poet of Kenya. I hate those comparisons. And oh, so yeah, every time yeah, that yeah. someone yeah, told me, oh, yeah. are you like her? I'm like, no, I'm not like, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, no offense to her, but um, you know, that's the time that um, people are really grappling to understand this thing of, so what do you do? You you do recitals or or corovas? Yeah, so that what time kind of people are really, what kind of poetry is this? And, and how do you make money from it? And I'm, I'm really happy about the way that space has grown, but as you say, the poetry is dying. Why? Why is that? Why is that? The case? Not really dying. Mm. I, I want us to enjoy the poetry before it takes a different shape. Mm-hmm. People, we live in a world of memes and all that and all that. Yes, it's so, instant gratification and it. social media. Yeah, so, so it's killing it. So before they they start killing it, you know, when once they feel as poets, they turn as memers. I'm just saying that not turning as memers, mm. all rappers, all those creatives. They, they, they're good at it. When you look at Kenya in terms of reply and everything and comebacks, Kenya have the best comebacks. Yeah. So these people are the p- kind of people we need to sit down with, 
unlisted content. There's, there's something profound that you've said, and I'd like us to dwell on that a bit. Um, because poetry has evolved. The way um, Shakespeare mm-hmm. did his poetry mm-hmm. is not the same way that David Rubadiri did poetry. poetry. It's not the same way that um, Marjorie Oluda Magoya did poetry. It's also not the same way that we are doing poetry. It has been evolving. But then uh, at what point do we, uh, you know, look at what is happening? Because we're in a social media world. We're in an internet world where, you know, people are spending a lot of their time on on social media. And you're you're competing um, for attention for an audience that is constantly uh, watching videos and memes and 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 all those things, how does than, their mind, their creative mind is the it's way top notch that you have to be on top of, of of everyone else. So my question is, how does poetry hold its own? Because it's poetry. Poetry is like a cut. Please explain. Is, poetry <laughs> is like a cut. It, it's the honor of the. It's not like a dog. It will eat when it wants. Wow. <laughs> it will calm down at once. It doesn't follow rules. It bends them. Wow. So that's okay. that's poetry. Poetry has been able mm-hmm. to survive because it knows itself and it knows its truths. It's very self-assured. Yes, it and it's like, yes, be... I'm going to perform here because I'm sure they need poets here. And, and I don't need to be, I don't need like, to be, this... I don't need to be a rapper. Yes, or a... get it. <laughs> yes. So, yes. when you know your place, Step on it confidently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's what I've been doing everywhere I go. I know my place. I go to a place where I have a rapper, I have a comedian. If I get another fellow poets, we are competitors now. But the moment I'm in a, I'm in another, in a, I'm in a place whereby we have we have so many all sorts of genres, creatives together, mm-hmm. but none, there's none poet. But everybody's a poet on their own. You dancing is just bending sounds into with your body. Mm-hmm. It's poetry still. So poetry works everywhere. Dancing is poetry without words. Yes, I was about to say it's poetry in mime. Po- poetry in mime, see. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's all it's all there. So for us, uh, the world needs it now. The poetry has been part of us. So now the world mm. needs it. What we need to do is just to do mentorship and do well packaged, nice poetry for young upcoming poets so that they can have a place to look up to. The reason mm-hmm. the poetry hasn't crawled for that long is because they don't have someone to look up to. Yeah. They don't have somewhere to look up to. They don't have a place where they'll go. This is a regular thing that we have to be here. Mm. And, and coming back to, to the mentorship uh, classes, um, we, you know, I'd, I'd like you to talk about where do you normally do it. Uh, if we have uh, aspiring poets who would really love to learn from you, because those spaces are not very many where you can actually find someone who's willing to teach you, um, not just there. And, and you can talk about also... Do you teach them how to write, uh, how to perform? What is that mentorship um, session uh, like? It's all. It's a whole. It's a ten-week program that I'm doing with them. We're on the seventh week, actually. All right. It's all about everything as an artist, learning everything as an artist. I learned it for the ten days. I can teach you for ten weeks. I learned it for ten years. I want to break and it And you're compressing it to ten weeks. Ten weeks. So that's what I'm mm-hmm. trying to do. That's I'm a crash course. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm trying to tell them. This is how the world is. This is how it, it looks out there. This is what the world needs. So I'm giving, mm. actually giving something uh, the past, the present, and the future. And we're working together to, together towards that. Mm-hmm. So by the time I'm done, I don't know how many people will take the path. Because also I'm here to learn, let them learn their calling. Some of them are not poets. They're forcing it. But we have to be with them because, yeah, they have to go. 
But by default, mm-hmm. if they become poets, better poets, it's mm-hmm. because they worked much harder than the people who are called poets. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. Um, and, uh, you know, for anyone who is interested in um, joining your classes, how can they do that? I'm not taking any more children. I've, I've, I'm done with the 20. <laughs> when you're talking about, when you talk about <laughs> children, how old are they? <laughs> <laughs> no, as like the children, if I'm if I'm teaching them, passing down, I'm passing. When I call them children, I'm passing down something to a generation that will go and pass it down. Uh-huh. So okay, but but what's the average age of those the, who come for mentorship? Some of them are past uh, above uh, 20, 21. Okay. Some of them are past okay. uh, So it's basically young people. Yeah? They're just young people. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, is there another cohort? Is there another time that you'll be... I'm not taking another... I'm not taking another... I'm not taking another lot, it will sound, but that's what I'm saying. I'm not taking another children. <laughs> so is it, is it is that it's draining? And, or no, I'm, not, it, I'm mm. not doing them justice. I used to have a oh, dog before. And I, also, okay. I, I gave it out because I wasn't doing justice to it. And is this because you've I'm become busy, quite busy? Everywhere. Oh. Imagine how you're which running a, everywhere in the world. Good, which is a good thing because uh, it means that uh, you have been able to work through building your brand to the point where now your brand is out there and everyone is looking for you. Yes. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Now let's talk about let's talk about that because um, a few, was it about two weeks ago when I was looking for you mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned that you're actually traveling that day yeah. to Juba. What yeah. was happening in Juba? Well, uh, we don't know what was happening in Juba, but we love it. But uh, <laughs> we uh, so there's, a, there's, that, there's something that I told you about relationships mm-hmm. that you create with people that you don't know who they are. So it happened. I we used to have events in Kenya at Power Two Five Four and all that. And then I used to meet these Sudanese boys, Sudanese boys who lived in Kenya, and they mm-hmm. were so interesting, and they were interested in in. Uh, Mm-hmm. In just going around and learning the the art scene, the Kenyan art scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so during this time, we used to hang out so much. That was actually actually eight years ago again. Okay. Yes. So it looks me, like uh, you, you were so just laying the groundwork. You have then. to do that. You have yes, to do that. That and is then true. Eight years, eight years later, some of these people became news radio presenters in Juba. They became whatever, wow. they become ambassadors, they became what, they became what, they became mm-hmm. what, they became what. Mm-hmm. So you get it? And then they were like, yeah, we like to party and we want to party the Kenyan style. Let's call so our Kenyan call? friends. So who do we call? <laughs> our Kenyan friends, let's call Teardrops, let's call Mandela, let's call Sarabi, let's go party, let's go and have fun. Oh, so you were with Mandela and the Sarabi? Yeah, and Sarabi. So Mandela nice. called me. Mandela was called and Mandela called me and the whole team. And then we oh. started our flight and then we went. We were there for a week. Performing a couple of events. There are so many Kenyans out there. There are so mm-hmm. many South Sudanese people out there and Sudanese people out there who really love our craft, who really love our music, our food, our culture, our everything. Who really loved hanging around us. And we loved hanging around them. And we created mm-hmm. a bond that we know, okay, Africa is one and Africa has been one all along. Yeah. We were just, it's just boundaries that are making us look like we don't mm-hmm. belong, like but we are, but we are the same. <laughs> yeah, and so uh-huh. it was an amazing feeling and an ex- amazing experience. That okay. was also one of the best performances actually this year for me. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And there's something that you've said that I, I resonate uh, a lot with that when you're doing something, you never know what you know who whose life you're impacting or who's yes. noticing. But just but just be you and 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 do you, and you will be surprised. 
eight years later, someone will be like, there's a show that you did somewhere and I loved it. And and the reason I'm bringing this up is because um, I think it was last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I am greatly inspired by the life of the late um, Professor Wangari Madhai. And last year when we were marking uh, Wangari Madhai Day, I thought... Um, we need, uh, we need, uh, people need to be reminded of why we celebrate her life. Yeah. Because were it not for her, we would not have Karora Forest. Mm-hmm. Were it not for her, we would not have Uhuru Park. Yeah. And I feel like people have, people have, I felt like people have forgotten. So I decided, let me write a poem about, um, uh, it's called, um, I think the poem is called, uh, there, there is beauty. Mm-hmm. And I wrote it, it's not because I was commissioned or anything. I just wrote it and, and I published it. Then recently, uh, someone from the Wangari Madai Foundation, and actually it's climate, um, not the Wangari Madai Foundation, but there's a huge event around climate that will be happening in July. Mm-hmm. And they reached out to me and were like, we love the poem that you wrote and about Wangari Madai. And I was like, oh, okay. So someone somewhere read so the poem yeah. and, and loved it. And because they're like, this is exactly what we are... We, you know, we're looking at and we are hoping that we can find a way where poetry can be used um, as, a, as, a, as an art form to inspire change and climate change. And I was mm. like, wow. It's normally That's... like that. You don't know where it's taking you until it's and... take, it takes you there. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, so let's talk about, um, you know, we've just talked about your experience in, uh, in Juba. And um, so from when we last spoke, 10 years ago, there has been a lot of growth. I know, uh, and, and I'd like us to talk about what um, impact, uh, you know, you being on, um, you know, a TV show that is very popular, yeah. what effect that had. And that just the last 10 years, um, what has really uh, changed for you in terms of your journey as a poet? Okay, everything. Mm-hmm. Either spiritually, mm, materialistically yeah and every every other thing i'm not the same person i used to be and uh i've met people that I've, i only see on tv and i'm never a fan of them and people are fan of them and it's it's normal mm-hmm. before i used to get starstruck but i realized that we are all stars in between us wow <laughs> <laughs> Okay. We are all stars uh-huh. until just let your star shine and everybody somebody it's, else will it's see it. Your your star is as bright as you believe it to yes. be. Yes. So if you think it's bigger, if you think yours you is dim, then you're seeing other every star. time you meet, you don't know who and who and who and who. <laughs> and you don't think that you're a star. You, you don't, don't think, think you're you bright to think enough. About it, yeah, and that's why I've been thinking all these people, and I don't feel like it. It feels like I've been having this energy and I've been manifesting it, and it feels like the way I've been feeling it. Like if you say today, um, 10 years ago, it'd be like, hey, you see Jake's on TV and my sisters and everybody, mm-hmm. they will see him uh, preaching and all that. And I'd be like, well, uh, I think he's a normal person like me. And I think me and him can meet and say hi. It happened yeah. when he came to Kenya with the only artist performing and we were backstage with him. And he's like, so uh, I've been seeing you on TV and I'm seeing you. Yet. I don't see the difference because the energy I've been reserving mm-hmm. it for this moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But you know, that takes a lot of um, growth internally um, to the level where you are so self-assured and and you know 
who you are, what you're doing yes. and what you're all about. And yes. you're very comfortable in your skin yes. such that when whoever you sit across feels the same. Feels the same because if you you're very confident. next to the president, if you'll be, a, if you'll be interviewing the president, you'll be interviewing the president as you're interviewing me right now. Let's talk the truth. You'll be true. as comfortable. Right? But the That's moment true. your star will be that level, feel that level, you'll be as comf comfortable with the president be like, oh, I've never met someone like this. The reason why me and you, we have the same stars and they're shining on the same level. Mm -hmm. And that's why we are comfortable talking about our past. Yes, that's true. Right? That's true. So yeah, my past has been, has, been, has, been, has been a journey of so many. I lost my sister in the process. It has been up and down and I'm in the process of learning. Learning about, uh, about life, learning about everything. Mm -hmm. My life was a performance. I wanted to be a superstar. I wanted to perform in those big stages and... Now I perform in those big stages. I perform in those places. People know about me. What else? I have a calling. That's then God true. is reminding me, you have a calling. What's your calling? Your calling is to mm -hmm. call other people know their calling because I went through the same course. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and That's and why I took in the, same, the ten, 10 people because the 10 people are the 10, ten years I was away first. Mm -hmm. The 10 years I was away. Did I impact any person in the first year, the second year? So I'm making up for, for God just in case one day I'm long in this world. I'd be like, yeah, God, for the 10 years that you gave me, this is it. Because he'll ask you, what, what were you doing with the time that I gave that you? That I gave you, it's a gift. The time that we're given is a gift. It's, it's a watch that we're given, but it's, it's a gift. It's for, for us to understand the world. It's for us to understand ourselves. You know, my poetry before was more just thumping. Now it's, it's more of letting go. Oh, because yeah. whatever I say will be will be will be you guys will be used against me. Not here in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> you, you sound like a um, very um, spiritual person. Has has that? Um, uh, how do you find that? Um, you know, coming into the work that you create and and your outlook of of life. Okay, for me is a. Um, Life, life, can, life, life, life for me is like uh, you were called on a mission here and you're here to look for specific something that you have mm -hmm. to change, you have to, you're here for a mission. Do you know that? And I, for my life, that's how I put it. Mm -hmm. I'm here for a mission. I can go anytime. And that's why I'm always ready if I'm, I'm on the mission. Let it find me on the mission one day. If one day we have, we have to go, I'm always praying I'll be here until I see my great-great-grandchildren and all that, be through the, all that journey. But at the end of it all, I'm in a mission. Mm -hmm. And that make, gives, me a, give me, gives me power, mm -hmm. gives me strength to see people as they are, as human beings, and I want everything to be right. See, we live in a world whereby you'll find two Chokora fighting. Instead of, they're fighting for 50 shillings. Someone has a, one has a knife, one has 50 shillings. They're fighting over it. Someone has given it to them. Instead of someone going there and give the other chocolate 50 bob and like, give us the knife now. It's just 50 shillings. We always pray policemen. We just want to record it for content. Is that a world that we, 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 like, we like to live in? Mm. You see, that's why we are called. Me and you speak of such things in our poetry, in our lifestyle. I want to live my poetry. I want to live the lifestyle that I'm living. I want to live the, what I'm saying. So, so that if I make you believe in what I'm saying, I'm leaving it. Mm. It happened to me. Now, for people who, and you know, this could be some of those who stumbled upon this podcast and they're wondering, poetry, that thing is so difficult. We don't get it and yeah. we don't know the place of poetry in society. Mm -hmm. What would you say to such people? 
until they start listening to their songs with the melodies and everything they'll see is nothing but poetry. <laughs> Those songs without melody, without beat, it's poetry. Mm-hmm. And 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 I'll, I mean, there's there's no one out there. I'm I'm yet to meet anyone out there who says music doesn't move me. Like I, I you know that they say, oh, I don't I don't resonate with any song out there because it's singing about our life experiences. And a lot of the times when you hear someone is going through something that you are going through, then you resonate, and that's basically what makes us human. Yes, yeah. and we are. We, we, for me, my poetry, my, when some, I want someone, when, when, when I'll be here, I won't be here 100 years, 200 years from now. When someone stumbles across my poetry, they'll say, this poetry was written in 2021, and he was talking about corona and how corona has affected the economy. What happened? Did they have solutions? What happened during this? If someone gets my poetry, I want them to get history of what happened. Mm-hmm. I want my, my art to tell things. We're not recording. We are, it's called record. Go and record. So mm-hmm. I have to record history. Yeah. And I have to record moment. That's that's powerful. That's so powerful. when you go and record, when someone listens to the record, they don't just listen to music. They listen to everything that you put in that every content that was there. It happened. You see, mm-hmm. there is no way we don't have a we can't connect with our with our forefathers that were here before. It's because they left nothing to record. Well, they did because they, you know, for us as Africans, it was, it, we it believe in the oral. It was coded. Yes, it was oral tradition of um, you know yes. us telling stories by the fire. And you know, now that we have um, you know books and, and and the internet, now we can be able to sort of um, you know archive that for future generations. I like it, but yeah. you see the story of Mr. and Mrs. Kamau. Not your children can't relate to that. <laughs> can they? Mr. and Mrs. Kamau on the bus. Yes, can they can't because their stories are different. <laughs> So those are the stories that we should be telling our children <laughs> at the fire. And we tell them these are our stories. They should learn our stories. Mm-hmm. So imagine if someone does blog about that or someone does something about that. It's there, it's stored. Nobody stored it when, during our time. We had mm-hmm. never had this kind of equipment. I, I remember, I, I can't remember which poet it is, but there is a poet who said that the role of a poet is to be the historian. Is to be a historian. Yes, to record, also to, a librarian. And also a librarian too, because there are so these many things that you're witnessing that you are now, you know, articulating and, and that is recorded for, for history. Yeah. Now, um, so we've, we've talked about your performances and I'd like us to look at, you know, uh, what are some of the other projects that you've been, you, you've been working on and currently uh, working on? Well, I've had a couple of albums during the 10 years. I'm, now, I'm, I'm, now I'm playing music. I'm playing guitar, I'm playing piano. I've I'm learned. still stuck at album. Eh? <laughs> I'm yes, still I stuck at album. Albums. I have three uh-huh. albums. Yeah. We're putting up a kitchen for artists. In no, the reason I'm saying months. is because people, a lot of people associate album with music. So I'm sure someone out there will be like, ah, I, I thought yeah, you were doing album. poetry and, and, not, and not music. It's yeah. fused with, a, yes. with all sorts of sounds okay. of everything, putting mm-hmm. up together because people want to listen to They're no longer on social media. They're not no longer. There are some. Most of them are not on online, because of we are still in the process of doing copywritings and everything. Mm-hmm. But they'll be there. They'll be there. Uh, we are putting up the kitchen. We are doing the mentorship. We are. We want to put up a show for poets. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've been doing until now. Mm-hmm. And now, because you said you know the pandemic is here to stay, like we we need to we need to adjust to that fact. Yeah. So what happens to the 
poetry, open mics, and, and and live actual performances where someone actually goes and sits and watch and watches poets on stage performing. Well, honestly speaking, the country has really evolved as well. All those places that we used to go and hang out, they're no longer there. No longer there, not oh, because yeah. because we live in a world, a country whereby. A club, it can be only be relevant in maybe after one year. If another club, new club pops up, that club stopped being relevant. And that was kidding art because most of the people used to go to those places to enjoy this kind of, mm-hmm. uh, of craft and enjoy this kind of food. And now there's another joint and they're doing the same as those and you like. See, um, now we are back to performance, but people don't gather anymore. And if they gather, it's limited gathering. Mm. And even if it's limited gathering, it's it has all this. It's not like it was before. We could be a hundred people filled in a room and we would perform. Sorry. And there was such beautiful energy. And there was just in, beautiful energy and everything. In, in being in that space and yeah. yes, instead of being there on the Zoom, no reaction. You don't see people's faces. You don't people see. So it yeah. has changed. But I can see Kwani is back. Kwani open mic is back. Oh yes, yes. It Slam is. Slam is still there. Um, there, there, there are a couple of events that have been there uh, during that time mm-hmm. until now. But yeah. Okay. Poets as well. I've seen a lot of new poets, new faces, writing great content. And that's why I'm very, very confident about the future mm-hmm. with poetry. Of, of poetry. Yeah. Um, so as we come to a close, and I know that you, you know, they'll be performing, um, you know, our last piece as we, as we finish. Um, <clears throat> We haven't talked about the Kenyan poetry space, like what it has gone through from the time that you came in, what you've seen it, um, you know, transform and, and, and where you, you know, you see it headed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd like to hear your thoughts well, on that because uh, I'm also at that space where I'm like, where's poetry headed? <laughs> poetry is, a, is that madman that people ignore until it's no longer there. <laughs> you realize, oh, there used to be a madman in this in this in, the, in this village. You said that you've reminded me. I don't know if you if you remember. There used to be a lady outside. Um, what is that building called? Opposite Norwich Union, along Tomboya Tomboya Street. There used to be a lady, and mm-hmm. I think her sound was captured in one of the songs where she used to say "Nipe." I don't know if you remember yeah, her. I remember because yeah, I used to I used to work around uh, there at that time. And then one time she just she just disappeared. You know, when you're saying that, I just remembered that you know her story. And you know, now you, it shows she got to a point she became so much part of the, Nairobi. Uh, Nairobi that people know that she's the landmark of that space. Yes. So that's the thing with poetry; it's taking shape slowly by slowly. Nobody knows about its whereabouts. Nobody where it's going. It's going. Gingeton came and took over. Do you know how, how it was building up? Nobody knew. Everybody was focusing on gospel. Do you know everybody was focusing? Gospel took over the, the country. And there were people who were non-gospel musicians. They didn't like the gospel music. They didn't know. Where, where did you think these people went to? <laughs> these people came together and they were these high school children. They came together and they were like, we want our own kind of fun. We want to create our own kind of fun. This is what we want to create. And then they created a community. And slowly by slowly, it started taking shape. And it was a culture. So by the time Gingeton was heating up, all the high school children were on their backs. And they were pushing them, they were pushing them, they were pushing them, they were pushing them. To the level whereby now, all the gospel artists have to do nothing but to be 
to force to follow the Lord. Mm-hmm. You see? Yeah. So there are poets out here. Okay. Okay. Doing doing whatever they can do. Doing amazing things. And I feel true. like a time is coming. It's, 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 it's a very short time. Yeah. And you'll see everybody doing poetry, people writing poetry, and people enjoying humor and all those satires. Yeah. And it will be an amazing space to be. And I think uh, one of the things that uh, that has always kept me uh, retaining that faith in poetry is that poetry will always be niche. Like it will, it is not there to. It's not. It's never going to be. Uh, you know, mass, it will, it will never have mass appeal, but it has its place and those who look for it will find it. And yes. it's very okay remaining niche and having, and playing just, and just playing its role silently. So thank you, Teardrops. It has been amazing I'm talking to humbled. you. I'm, I'm, I'm great that we finally got to do this and, you know, the, the, the great things that you're doing. And um, you can find Teardrops. On social media. Yes, please. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok at Port Teardrops Official. Yep. All right. Yeah. Great. So um, I think we will close. Um, it's it's been great, um, you know, hanging out with you. Um, I would love to get your feedback. Please write to me, Jerry Wangare at KenyanPoetPod at KenyanPoet.com and across the, the different social media platforms at KenyanPoet. So we will finish with um, Teardrops performing one of his pieces. Yes, this is called, uh, let me just write this poem. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a close, it's a, it's a new poem. You need to, uh, let me speak it. Right. Uh, Mm. Proverb thirty one. Proverb thirty one. Man. All right. So, dear men, there is another phase of life that requires women with stronger foundation on their faith than on their face. Women that can hold designer clutch bag on their hands, but also have proverb and psalms on their palms. See, dear men, there's another phase of life that need women who will tell you the truth. Tell you that your mass are useless if they can sweep women off their feet, but they can lift their spirit. Your arms are more useless if they can change wheels, but they can touch souls. So, dear men, there's another phase of life that needs women who will raise your daughters to be independent so that she won't be, she won't need to get naked because bills need to be covered. Women who will teach your daughters to fast so that she won't be a, carried away by free meals. So, dear men, there's another face of life that women who will tell you that to kifunga ndoa to lukwa pamoja nduli ya pamoja na Holy Ghost. Wacha to ketengana, tutanganishu na Holy Ghost na siopatanishu na Giddy Ghost. So, dear men, there's another face of life that needs women who will tell you the truth. Women who will speak the power into existence until you feel like the Bible had more chapters written by women more than just Esther and Ruth. Women who will tell you that having a job doesn't mean you have everything. Even Job had everything and they all vanished and Job had nothing. So Job is nothing without God. So dear men, you need to be with that Proverb 31 woman who knows that God can provide what mortal men can't afford. So dear men, dear men, you need a woman who can summon the spirit more than they can gargle the spirit. So dear men, Forget your body counts. Because there's another face of life that those you have slept with doesn't count. What count is the one person you can dream with. So dear men, if you want a godly woman, then be a godly man because God doesn't give his daughters to mediocre men.
Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much, Tia. That is awesome. <laughs> there's a verse right there that just yeah, I, I really I really enjoyed that. And thank and you. thank you so much for, for, for coming on set. And it's a wrap. It's a wrap like that. I have been your host, Jerry Wangare. And um, thank you. Uh, we'd, I'd love to hear your comments. Please write to me. Find me on any social platform, uh, at Kenyan Poet, whichever social platform it is. Or write to me, Jerry Wangare, at kenyanpoet.com. So until next time, bye-bye.